Okay, if we can uh, start coming back together, please. <clears throat> I hope you're in. <coughs> excuse me. I hope you're enjoying our new series, reading through and working through the book of uh, Galatians together. I'm so glad we're exploring this book uh, together at the moment. I believe it's got some amazing truths about the gospel which uh, are going to uh, yield great fruit in our lives if we engage uh, with them. I actually think it's also going to help us, for those of you who have been part of Harvest Church for some time and who have been on this journey we've been going through over these uh, last years, I think it's also going to help address some things as a church. It's going to help us uh, to understand what it means to uh, take leadership responsibility, to carry responsibility to bring the kingdom wherever we are that it's not just for a select few, but actually it's all of us have that responsibility to bring the kingdom of God in uh, all the different settings of our work. I think it's going to teach us something about the power, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, not just looking at uh, inner transformation, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, but also the outworking of the gifts of the Spirit uh, together, corporately as well as individually and throughout our lives. And I believe it's also going to help us deal with. Ooh, what happened there? Uh, it's going to help us deal with uh, that orphan heart, which Aaron was just prophesying to us about. Um, this seems to be dropping in and out. Are we okay? We think. We'll give it a try. We'll keep going. Uh, and instead, celebrate and enjoy who we really are in Christ, because again, that's part of the work of the Spirit. Understanding sonship, which this uh, uh, book has so much to uh, talk about. Okay. Do you want me to use the handhelds instead, guys? Or never like that anyway. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, it's going to help us to understand what it means to be sons and daughters in Christ, and really understanding our identity in Christ and the enormous work, powerful work which uh, God's Spirit does to bring us to Him. So it's a fantastic book. You may be thinking, I want to be reading this while we're working through it. You may even be thinking, I'd love to have a, a study guide I could use to help me chew on the content of this as we're working through it. If that's the case, can I recommend a book to you? Um, the bookshop will have it available, we hope, next Sunday. Jan's not here this week and they haven't yet come in, but uh, we've ordered uh, copies of Phil Moore's Straight to the Heart series uh, which actually on this one covers a number of books. It goes, uh, it goes uh, Galatians to Colossians. So you get more than just the book of Galatians in it. Um, they're a superb series of commentaries. They're very accessible. You can use them as everyday uh, Bible reading notes. Read a bit and then read the notes. Um, just a really, really helpful book. Uh, of course, it is available at other retailers. I suppose I always ought to say that. Uh, but we will have a good stock of them available, we hope, next Sunday. And you'll be able to pick one up. Uh, I can't tell you how much they'll be yet because I don't know. But they're about, I think they're normally about seven, eight pounds. We'll discount it as far as we're able to uh, in order to get them to as many people as possible. So uh, you may want to pick that one up. Well, today we're, uh, we're looking at uh, Galatians. Uh, and we're meant to be focused on verse 6 to 9. Uh, but I think actually it'd be helpful if we start at verse 1 and read through to the end of this part of the passage, verse 10. Sorry, Galatians chapter 1. 
Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers with me, to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, to himself, who gave himself for our sins, to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Let's, let's say this bit all together. Amen. Yeah, we want God to be glorified forever and ever in every way, in every aspect of all of our lives. I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we've already said, so now I say again, if anybody's preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Actually, we'll stop there. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you it's your word. Given to you, uh, given to us by you to reveal something of who you are that we could come to know you. And we ask, Lord God, would you come and reveal yourself through your word and by your spirit now? We want to know you more, Lord. So come, Spirit of God, we welcome you here. Come and minister to us. Help us to grab hold of your, the truth of your word and apply it into our hearts and lives that it would yield great fruit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so uh, as we've uh, already heard, as, uh, obviously week on week we'll build on this. If you haven't yet uh, uh, weren't around the last two weeks, you may want to listen to those uh, online. Um, what we've understood for Paul writing this letter already is uh, in Galatia, the, the, uh, the churches in Galatia, these new young churches in Galatia. Something's gone wrong. And what's gone wrong is that fundamentally they've got hold uh, of a false gospel. They've embraced a false gospel, even though they had great foundations put in them by Paul of the truth of the gospel. Somewhere, somehow, people have started to corrupt that gospel. And I guess for me, therefore, it begs the question, and we need to ask ourselves this question, well, what is the gospel? We can't assume. I think I may have said this before, but uh, on my first ever day after graduating from university, my first ever day in business, my boss uh, sat me down, and the first thing he said to me, Andrew, I want you to learn one lesson today, and if it takes you a month to learn it, great, because you've got to apply it for the rest of your life. Never assume because assume makes three words. As, you, me. Think about it for a moment. Don't assume. And we can't just assume we all know what the gospel is. We may all have different views on what we think the gospel is. What is the gospel? Well, Paul's going back to them and saying, hey, guys, come on. You've got it wrong. Let's clarify. What is the gospel? 
Paul, just to make his point in these three verses, these last three verses of that passage we read and the three verses we're, we're focusing on today, <laughs> says that the gospel they've engaged with, it's no gospel at all. Wow. In verse 7. He says it's throwing you into confusion. The real gospel's simple. Friends, the real gospel's so simple. Don't get thrown into confusion by the gospel or what you're told the gospel is. He says what, what they've been told is a perversion of truth. It's a corruption of truth. He's, and then he goes on and he talks about, wow, how are you meant to treat these people who have shared this gospel? And he doesn't you know, hold back. I mean, you know, we do, do appreciate Paul tends to be fairly full on. I think this is one of his full on moments, really. You know, He said, uh, 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 verse 8, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let him be eternally condemned. Strong words. As we've already said, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, in other words, what they taught, and what Paul taught, uh, taught them, let him be eternally condemned. He's saying the gospel, the truth of the gospel, the core of the gospel is so important. Friends, can I just make this observation? In a world now which is flooded, literally awash with all forms of media, be so careful what you listen to. There's a whole load of stuff out there which is not going to do you good. And some of it masquerades as Christianity. Make sure you're listening and feeding on the word of God. With people you know, not just uh, celebrity. Anyone can have an image. Anyone can project an image. But what's their character like? Are they, are they really trustworthy? Are they trustworthy with the word of God? Do they understand on, uh, how to study it? Or are they just coming up with some random thoughts and pulling it out of some passage? And you think, oh, I don't quite know, but it sounds good. Let's be careful. Let's be very careful what we listen to in this world, which is uh, so uh, subjective now on truth. Truth is really what I said is not what, uh, you know, there's no absolutes any longer. It's all relative. No, 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 no. There's truth. The gospel is truth. Jesus was the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. Let's be careful what we read, what we listen to, what we watch, what we download. Let's make sure we're really getting hold of trustworthy teaching on the word, from the word of God. So, there's a false gospel being put out. And I guess that then begs the question, well, what's the real gospel? What's the true gospel? You see... This is a rare occurrence, but uh, somehow this crept out of my wallet. But is it real? Or is it of a good forgery? Did it really creep out of my wallet? Or did I spend a bit of time with the photocopier in the office when nobody was looking? Or have I been given a dud? 
how do I know what's really true? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Got some worried looks on the faces. People are thinking about the offering in the gift week. That could have gone in the gift week, Andrew. But if it's worthless, there's no point, is there? Do you know how they teach bank tellers to spot forgeries? They don't talk about what the forgery contains or what it doesn't contain. They concentrate on what is true, what is right. They teach people to look at a £20 note or a £10 note, and as they give a quick look at it, they can tell that's right. And by knowing what's right, they can spot the forgery. They focus on the truth. Today, let's focus on the truth. So what do we mean by the word gospel? Well, there's loads of different definitions. I thought I'd Google something. I thought I'd Google definition of gospel. Thousands upon thousands, in fact, tens of thousands of hits. Some useful acronyms. How about this? God's only son provides eternal life. Not bad. Or God offers sinful people eternal life. Don't know which one looked at the other, but they're pretty close. There's some clear trends there. We've got people, we've got eternal life, we've got God. Let's remind ourselves of what the gospel is. Let's remind ourselves that the heart of the gospel is the good news of Jesus. Jesus, who's come to uh, die to make a way for mankind to be restored to God, that there was a problem with sin. There was a problem with sin in each and every one of us. Yes, even you, even me. That that sin had separated us from Almighty God, who is pure and holy and who can have nothing to do with sin. Let's remind ourselves that, therefore, um, there had to be a perfect sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice made for that sin in order for man to be restored to God. And that the only perfect sacrifice was the Son of God, who came, that is Jesus, who came and lived on earth a pure and holy life for over 30 years. Both 100% man and yet 100% God, however we understand that. And then, 2,000 odd years ago, Jesus goes to the cross. We're in Lent at the moment. Can't help but have noticed the Easter eggs are all in the shops. Easter's not very far away. What's Easter? The time we remember Jesus' death on the cross. His death and resurrection. And after his resurrection, his ascension to heaven, showing that not only did he die for the sin of the world, but he conquered sin and death. And that he could then go to the Father, to sit at the right hand of the Father in heaven. That he would send his Holy Spirit to come and be amongst his people. That we could live life to the full. That we'd understand we had the power of God in our hearts and lives. That we could live life to the full for God on earth. Once we've handed over our life and recognised that the only way to the Father is through the Son. 
Jesus, the perfect sacrifice for our sin. That's the heart of the gospel, isn't it? But it'd be very easy to stop there. It'd be very easy to stop there and say, well, that's it. And in one sense, that's right, it is. If we are purely thinking about salvation, that is it. But what we find in the scriptures, if you look at any of the four gospels, is that Jesus didn't just come for salvation and for mankind to be restored. He came to bring something called the kingdom of God. He came to announce that it was a a new era. A new era where the kingdom of God, that is the rule and reign of God on earth, was now present and would extend and expand until the time when the Father says, enough, enough, enough for this world. And that Jesus would return. And that would be it. That would be it for the end of the earth. And so rather than taking a very tunnel-focused view on just on salvation, I want to today just open it up a bit and try and understand the extent of the gospel. And I've got an acronym, an acronym you know, where you take a, a, the word gospel and you give each letter a, a, a word or a phrase off it, which we'll come to in a few minutes if I can work out how to press the right button on here, which may or may not happen. But before we do that, can I suggest that the gospel will not therefore just affect my life as an individual? Of course it will. It will define my present. It will release me from my past and empower me for the future. Because we understand then who we are as ambassadors of Christ. But it's for us also, the church, that's lots of us helping each other to do community together, to live out the gospel together, knowing that actually as we demonstrate God's unconditional love, as we demonstrate diversity amongst us, no no longer Jew nor Greek nor Gentile, no longer rich, no poor, no longer uh, white collar or blue collar or whatever other definition man would want to put on it, not one race or another race or a difference of language. As we do that, that, that would speak to the world of the grace of God, of the love of God, of the good news of the gospel. But also... It's to affect the whole of society. Our focus is to reveal the glory of God through who we are and through how we live to the world around us. And in so doing, see his kingdom come in every aspect of each of our lives and across this amazing planet which we live on. For the glory of God. So let's get to the acronym gospel. G. The grace of God. It all starts with the grace of God. 
It is a gospel of grace. That is the undeserved favor and love and goodness of God that can never be earned, never repaid, and is available 24-7, whatever we do. Anthony said it so quickly last week, I didn't manage to write it down completely, but that was the essence of what Anthony said as he was talking last week. The undeserved favor, love, and goodness of God, which can never be earned, never repaid, and is available 24-7, whatever we do, whatever we feel, because Jesus paid for it on the cross. Paid for all of our sin, all of our shame, all the punishment which was due to us. The wrath of God was poured out. That is the just wrath of God was poured out on Jesus because of our sin. It's a gospel of grace. It means that we can't feel superior. It means that we can't say, well, I'm better than somebody else because we're all saved in the same way. It means that um, there is no such thing as status and position. That means that no one's more important than another. Because we're all loved equally by Almighty God and brought to the cross in the same way, brought to this gospel of grace in the same way. It's a gospel of the grace of God. Well, what about O? Had to work slightly on that one. Outrageous, unconditional love. You see, at its core, the core of the gospel, at its core, is the Father's love. The Father's love for his children. That's us. It's the sole motivation for the gospel to exist. In 1 John 3, uh, 3.16, we're told what this love is, a definition of love. That Christ gave his life for us and that we should do the same, therefore. You see, God, why he set all this up? It's because he loved his creation. He loves us. He loves us enough to sacrifice his own son. That's amazing. Isn't it great? Isn't it phenomenal? It is outrageous, unconditional love. Sort of love which you just never see. It was didn't he didn't need to do it. He didn't have to do it. There was no obligation. There was no contract or anything else. But the father love creation so much that father who is defined you know god is love why don't you read 1 john 3 1 john 4 amazing passages about who god is and the love of god and what christ has done on the cross god is love outrageous love unconditional love this is a gospel of the love of god It's also a gospel which involves the whole of the Trinity. And I think sometimes we can forget who the Spirit is and what he's about. It's not just about the Father and the Son. As the Son returns to glory, he says, I'll send the Spirit. 
And Spirit comes, Pentecost, and falls on the first disciples. And they're empowered, they're enabled. They change. They change amazingly, don't they? From people who are frightened, who are scared, who don't know what's going on. (laughs) And Spirit comes on them and suddenly they've got confidence. They've got power. They know who they are. See, the Spirit is involved in our salvation he stirs even that desire for towards God right in the beginning in us. And then he's sent and we get filled with the Spirit as we're saved and he affirms who we are. He says, hey, your sons, your daughters, that passage Aaron read out from Romans uh, 12, 8. can't remember, one of the two. Um, amazing passage. In fact, a very, very similar passage which we find in Galatians 3, which we'll come on to in due course. It's the Spirit who cries, Abba, Father. He's the one who assures us of who we are in Christ. He assures us of our salvation. He says, hey, you, your sons, your daughters of God. Hallelujah. But he also comes and does two other things. He leads us in grace and truth. He helps us understand the grace of God. This sonship thing is all about the grace of God. And it's about getting hold of the truth. The truth of who we are. Who we are in Christ. Who God is. Who our uh, Heavenly Father is. The work of Jesus on the cross. He leads us in grace and truth so that we will be real worshippers. True worshippers. Given over. Giving our lives over for the glory of God. Not just... Not just a notional, oh, well, I'll say thank you occasionally, God. No, but lives sold out for the glory of God. Wow. The work of the Spirit is so important, friends. He breaks insecurity in our life. He affirms who we are. He empowers us to live life to the full. He directs us. He'll speak to us. He'll guide us. He'll give us gifts. He produces fruit in us. There's so much the Holy Spirit does. That's why we want to be a people of the Spirit. Yes, we want to be people of the Word as well. Absolutely. We want to be a people of the Spirit. Because actually in that, the Spirit takes us to a place of, oh, I want to worship Him. I want my life to count as worship. Be worshippers of Him. And the result of all that is we're brought to a place of peace. Peace with Almighty God. Just pause for a moment. Can I encourage you just to pause? You may want to even close your eyes. Are you at peace with Almighty God today? Well, Andrew, you don't understand. Keep your eyes shut for a moment. You don't understand what my life's like. You don't understand the stresses I'm under, the strains, the distractions, the the problems at home, the 
problems at work. The, no, no, no. Even in the midst of all of those things, you can know peace. Peace with Almighty God. Why don't you just ask him? for Even now, his spirit brings peace. If you're a Christian here, and you know you're missing out on the peace of God, I want to say this, receive now the peace of God. The spirit of God's just going to come across this room right now. And as you surrender... That's an important word. As you surrender those things to him, he will come and bring the peace of God to you. Receive the peace of God which passes all understanding. Receive him. Receive his spirit who brings the peace of God. more we ask Lord that's good you can ask for more Lord can we have a bit more please real peace peace that it's okay peace that I can trust you peace that you're in control Peace that you're trustworthy. Peace that you're good. Peace that you're faithful. Peace that you'll never let us go. Surrender. We surrender ourselves to you. We say, Lord, would you give us your peace, please, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Peace that sin is dealt with. Forgiveness is full and free. Wonderful. Don't have to do anything to earn it. It's the grace of God. How wonderful. Thank you, Father, for your peace. I pray, Father, for each of us that we would grow in a depth of understanding of the peace of God because we understand the grace of God. Because we're filled with your spirit. Because we know that behind all of this is an outrageous, unconditional love. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We trust you. We hand over our anxieties. We hand over our disappointments. We hand over those things which keep bugging us. Our hurt and our pain. And we say, Lord God, bring your peace. Bring your peace, Lord. We hand over our fears. Fears of failure. Fears of rejection. So bring your peace, Lord. Bring your peace that out of knowing your unconditional, great unconditional love, 
understanding the grace of God, letting your spirit fill us and refresh us, oh, that we would live out of the peace of God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's reality, friends. You can open your eyes if you want to. That's the reality of the gospel. That's part of the impact of the gospel, the work of the gospel. Do you know, there's some people here who are close to tears at the moment because you're just sensing something of God. You're sensing something of God which you haven't known for some time and you are going, I really want this. And yet I know that it's going to cost me something. Surrender. Can I say it's worth it? It's really worth it. I'm not talking about the surrender of salvation. You're saved. The people I'm thinking of, the people I'm sensing in my spirit, you're saved. But it's like whole chunks of your life you've built around not letting God in. And he's saying it's time for surrender. If you want this peace, it's time for surrender. But you can know this peace. It's time for surrender. God's good. He only acts out of his goodness, out of his grace, out of his mercy, out of his love. Oh, we're going to need to move on, but uh, we'll uh, offer a moment in a few minutes an opportunity for further prayer, if that helps. So what's the E of the gospel? Well, it's simple. It's everyone needs to know this gospel. Everyone needs to know it. It's not for one group. It's not for one special people. It's for all. It's for all of the, I, th I think we're 242 nations of the world at the moment, or however many nations there are in the world. It's for all of the world's people groups. It's for all of the world's languages. It's for rich. It's for poor. It's for broken. It's for successful. It's for those who uh, uh, have never known anything in terms of faith, it's for those who have pursued other faiths. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. There are no restrictions. There's no one who's outside of the gospel. The gospel can penetrate anyone and everyone's life. And that's great. But it does mean that you and I have got a bit of a job on. Take each opportunity as it presents itself and help people understand there is a gospel of grace driven by the love of God which can result in peace with God by the work of his spirit and that their lives can be changed just as yours has been changed. Everyone. It's a gospel of grace all and then finally it's the gospel of grace which calls us to be living sacrifices that's how we're to live out our lives living sacrifices to live lives for the glory of God Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 
live lives given over to the glory of God. That's what Paul says. So, I, brothers, I urge you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be renewed by the transforming of your minds so that you'll know what uh, God's good and pleasing and perfect will is. Oh. Living sacrifices means that we become, in every aspect of our lives, worshippers. That's what it means. If I can't make this part of my life, part of my worship to God, then probably shouldn't be there. It's about surrendering everything. Lives given over, my heart, mind, soul, spirit, all the things which make us, us up as a, as a person, as an individual. And then everything that we have, home, family, job, career, status, whatever else you think you may value on this world. Hey, make it all living sacrifice. Turn it into your sacrifice to Jesus. doesn't mean you can't have it, it's just how you hold it. You hold it as a sacrifice. You hold it as part of our worship. See, this is a gospel which affects every aspect of our lives. The totality, all that we are, all that we have, all that we're ever going to get. The essence of heartfelt worship, that is, worship of living sacrifices, is submission. It's saying, hey, not my will, but yours, little God. It's a submission, knowing that we're safe in the love of God, knowing that we can enjoy the grace and mercy of God. It's a submission where we just say, ah, oh, I surrender everything. I give you it all, Lord. I just want my life to count for your glory. I want my life to count for your honour, for worship. I want you to be glorified, Lord, with all that I am, with all that I have, with all that I do and say and think. Friends, somewhere on the floor down there is a real £20 note. Whoever gets there first is welcome to it, but you're not allowed to get out of your seats yet. My wife's quite close to it. <laughs> Understand this. The gospel's true. The gospel's real. The gospel's comprehensive. It affects everything. Absolutely everything. And our Lord, our Saviour, is calling us to embrace the fullness of his gospel. Not to get into some sort of, well, I'm saved and nothing else matters mentality. No, no, no. It's everything. It's totality. It's whole of life. Let's make sure we don't corrupt the gospel. Let's make sure we don't limit the gospel where we say well I'll only give God these bits <laughs> can we be a people who more and more surrender everything until there's nothing other than what's surrendered to him as we do that we will live out the fullness of the gospel. We will demonstrate it to the world around us. And we'll become increasingly 
attractive and effective in seeing this world come to Jesus. Can you stand? It's really easy to sing these words. We're going to go one more time. Let's sing them if we mean them. Let's sing them if we mean them. I surrender everything. I surrender prayer to you Lord we do want to do just that surrender everything to you we want the entirety of our lives to come under your gospel the good news come spirit of God I pray highlight those things perhaps which we've offered to surrender and help us now to actually do just that Help us to celebrate the grace of God. To live it out. I pray, wash over our lives and our hearts afresh with your a deep sense of your outrageous, unconditional love. Come, Spirit of God, we ask, work deep in our hearts and lives. Bring us to that place of security that we can lay everything else down for what it is, dross. That we'd know your peace and we'd live out of your peace. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you so that everyone, we want to live life so that everyone comes to know you, that we meet, that we touch, that we bring your kingdom. And so we want to make our lives lives of sacrifice, living sacrifices to you for the glory and honour of your name. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Your grace is sufficient. Your love is amazing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We're going to wrap things up at this point. If you, though, would like prayer or ministry, if you feel you like somebody to come alongside you and help you through something, there will be folks available to pray for you at the front here. Please come and grab one of those people. Uh, we would love to pray with you. Don't leave here. If you know you need, that God's spoken into your heart and life, and you need to respond, then please don't go without doing so. Otherwise, thank you so much. We've got encounter this